Today on Across the Aisle, I'm honoring Pride Month by having a discussion about the new Supreme Court ruling protecting LGBTQ Americans from employment discrimination. I'll be speaking with Tim Hornberry, who is the president of the Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce Nevada. He also is the owner and founder of Back Bar USA. Welcome to Across the Aisle. I am joined today by Tim Hornberry. Tim is the founder and owner of Backbar USA, a marketing firm in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, that we will talk about a little bit later. He is also uh, the current president of the Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, Nevada. And we're going to talk a little bit about the ruling that came down this week out of the U.S. Supreme Court, ensuring employment protections for the LGBTQ community here in Nevada and across the country. Uh, Tim, welcome to Across the Aisle. Ben, thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Um, appreciate your time. The Supreme Court this week um, really made a, a pretty substantial ruling. And that ruling was that the LGBTQ community was protected under the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Um, based on um, sex discrimination protections. Can you talk a little bit about what that means for the community here in Nevada? You know, it was out of the blue and a total surprise. Most of us didn't even know it was going on. We're not following it so closely in Nevada because in Nevada, um, we really haven't had this problem. Uh, 11 years ago, you helped us get it straightened out where we, we were recognized for who we are. So when it came out, obviously a big deal nationwide. I think we somewhat took it for granted, and uh, we're very happy that it happened nationwide. And so what you're referring to is legislation passed by the Nevada legislature back in 1999, I think originally, which protected um, employment for gay and lesbians. And in 2011, which was my first session, we added transgender people to um, the list of the protected class as well, right? Correct. So as a guy that started his first business, it, it was already in effect, you know, and even as a younger kid, when I was just graduating college, this was in effect. So it, it just wasn't top of mind here locally. Yeah, it seems like Nevada has always been a little bit ahead of the game when it comes to, you know, protecting rights for the LGBTQ community. Is that is that the general feeling amongst uh, the, you know, within the chamber and amongst the business community you work with? Starting at the, the national level, uh, 100% Nevada is extremely recognized for what they're doing for the community. Uh, locally, uh, we, have, we have great corporate partners that have strong diversity programs like Caesars, MGM Resorts, the Las Vegas Convention Authority. All these companies have had great programs and been very diverse organizations. So Nevada's 100% ahead of the game. And then you have the unions and how they protect all diversity and, and all races from the head of the curve, 100%. That's a good place to be. It's a great state. Let's segue a little bit into the Chamber of Commerce. The Gay Lesbian Chamber of Commerce Nevada is the local chapter of a broader national organization, correct? Correct. So the broader national organization started about 20 years ago. As they expanded, they found certain states had multiple organizations, multiple Chamber of Commerces. And they've, they've grown and grown where these smaller organizations have now grown into one big organization. I believe it's about five countries involved, majority here in the U.S. They actually hold a giant um, convention once a year, and it was scheduled for the Bellagio this year. Sadly, they had to cancel. Uh, but it's over 2,500 attendees, corporate sponsors from American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, Mercedes-Benz, Chrysler, Wells Fargo. So it's, it's a huge organization who's uh, pushing for the rights and advances of prosperity and equality for, for the community, lesbian, bisexual, transgender. 
Um, and it's, it's been working out great and it's been growing by leaps and bounds. Even locally, we just started a year ago. The chapter was started five years ago um, and then went almost out of business. The original founder left state. Uh, things happen, we'll say. And I was asked to get involved and uh, within a month I somehow became president. Thank you very much. And, uh, that was Be careful what you wish for. Yeah, everything I ever wanted. I wasn't busy enough. Uh, it was awesome though. So it was one year ago. Uh, one year ago this month, we had seven members and about three corporate sponsors. And today we're over 50 members, 11, 12 corporate sponsors, and it's been going great. Uh, the whole community is getting behind it. We have a great network from small individuals, from hairdressers and realtors, all the way to the biggest corporations in the state right now. So it's, it's been wonderful. And it's interesting because it's a statewide chamber, right? I mean, usually in, in Nevada, what we've seen are chambers that are uh, organized primarily geographically, but you're trying to capture businesses across the state? Correct. So we just started. I wanted to get a base first. All the corporations are, hey, we want to we want to talk to you. We want to share our diversity programs. I'm like, mm, I only have seven members. And you know, <laughs> the turnout is 50%. So this year, we're looking at expanding uh, north up into Reno. I believe we have one organization so far signed up outside of the corporations. And uh, we think we could grow to about 250, 300 members within three years. And so what's the primary, um, you know, sort of benefit that members receive from, uh, from your chamber? So the primary benefit is hopefully to give them the referrals, education, networking tools, and then the advocacy and supplier diversity opportunities from the corporations and from the state, federal and local. So there's so many things against the LGBT community, but there's also a lot of great things available for the LGBT community and any small business, especially in the state of Nevada. So we're offering all those tools, all those ideas, to our members and uh, sharing that information in hopes that they can grow successfully. So your primary business now, after having had uh, entrepreneurial experience um, early in your career is with Backbar USA. Why don't you tell, tell us a little bit about Backbar? So Backbar USA, I started 11 years ago as a consulting company. I had a business for 10 years prior that went bankrupt. I became unemployed, and the first thing you do when you're unemployed is create a business card that says consultant. <laughs> so I fired away with a business card. Uh, some friends of mine in the hospitality industry hired me for my talents, which was liquor, sales, marketing, a combination of all the jobs I had from college and then Southern Wine and through distribution. And uh, that company grew from one of us 11 years ago to pre-COVID 22 full-time and 200 part-time employees. Uh, wow. We now have properties in almost every state in the United States, and we just expanded to Canada and the UK last month. So uh, describe sort of, the, sort of the core offerings of the business. So the core offerings of Backbar were a beverage marketing and consulting company. So imagine you're a big national account like a hotel chain. We'll use one of our clients as an example, Kimpton Hotels. So Kimpton Hotels has properties all around the country and around the world. They purchase a lot of beverage products from soda, wine, spirits, and they align these products across their bars and then they tie them into activations or events. So at Kimpton, if you go there from five to six, anywhere in the world, they have a wine happy hour where the wine is free for their guests. We, on our end, assist in finding the partners for those activities, 
uh, lining them up nationwide with the pricing, the right brands, and then tying in the concepts so it all fits together. So we're a marketing mediator for the brand, the hotel, and their activation. So we'll do those nationwide every night at five o'clock. We have our, our hands touched on that. We have casinos. So if you walk into a casino during a sports book, Super Bowl, you see some girls or some models or some guys out at the pool. Those are usually uh, our team sampling people on product or doing activations for brands like Patron or Grey Goose. Sounds like a fun business to be in. Yeah, it's a lot of fun if, if you like to, to drink and, and get out and socialize. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was way more fun five years ago. Now it's a business. So it's yeah. fun for my employees. Yeah, it sounds like you're in an industry that, um, as we've seen so dramatically, uh, was really probably disproportionately hit by uh, the COVID shutdowns, not just in Las Vegas, but across the country as people stopped traveling. What, hey, what has that experience been like for you um, individually as the owner of the company, for your employees? Um, and then uh, where do you see us going? It was, uh, it was kind of devastating. It still is somewhat devastating. My business is 100% based on the hospitality industry. So if I'm representing Kimpton Hotels or MGM Resorts or Michael Mina Restaurants, if they're all closed, they have no need for my services. So if they're also closed, they have no need for the services that would use me, such as the liquor companies or the distributors or these, these party companies. So when we got the news first um, that Las Vegas was going to shut down, at the same time New York was shutting down just a little bit sooner, we knew everything was going to stop. So I was, in, I was in Las Vegas. We had 21 full-time employees. We looked at the roles that had no immediate purpose, such as sales. And this is before we even knew about PP and P and all the other opportunities out there. So we ended up having to let go 15 of our 21 employees. And then we kept one uh, for about another month. And then we had to let that person go. So we came down to five core, including myself and, you know, um, it sucked. It was really difficult, but we had no choice because we just have no income coming in and no way to get income. So even if we start an event tomorrow, we probably, we probably don't get paid for, you know, 30 to 60 days, depending on that, that partnership. So it was devastating. It was devastating for the employees. Um, but, you know, we learned a lot of lessons. And at the same time, it was somewhat eye-opening and, and uh, rewarding because you, you have to process and take a look at what's going on. And, and, and that really um, gives you a fresh perspective on business and, and on life. So in your business sort of structure, as you just described it to me, I'm having a hard time envisioning what some of that stuff might look like under social distancing restrictions and, and, and things like that. Have you thought about um, how to sort of innovate and change and um, grow sort of new models for uh, providing that service to your clients under sort of a new paradigm? So what we call the hand-to-hand -hand promotion or activation where, where we have a staff that's interacting with the consumer, we don't see that happening um, anytime soon. What we're seeing happen and where we're rolling back, so the good news is we've hired two people in the last 10 days back uh, because our properties are opening up. So in their, their thoughts, their first phases are just what you said. We need to take care of the guests. So they're looking for the PPP. Can we help them with that? Yes. Are we getting them like disposable menus, digital menus, uh, ways for the guests to get the information, QR codes. That's been a lot of our business right now. 
as we start to plan activations, the only ones that we see opening up now with potential are a lot of the states are opening up outdoor dining and seating. And Vegas did it almost a month ago in downtown Las Vegas. And I believe Reno did it about three weeks ago. So they're closing down streets, they're opening up parks, and they're allowing these restaurants to sell alcohol and food and have it consumed outside. So right now we're doing a lot of build outs for um, branded spaces. So if you've heard of Aperol spritzes, you might walk by a patio now that's covered with Aperol and Aperol spritz umbrellas. And we're trying to help these people open up with, with ideas and concepts to get them going, promotional wise. As I travel, and I've traveled a lot, each property, each business is handling this completely different. It's, it's uh, very interesting to see how it's actually going on. What, what do you think the long-term horizon is as we, as a sort of society, restructure ourselves um, based on sort of concerns of, uh, of COVID and infection and human-to-human contact? You know, as someone in the industry, how do, you, how do you see the future, not just, you know, a month from now, but 10, 12 months from now? We do have to plan without fear in mind, right? And it's kind of hard as a, as a businessman, we're just worried, is this gonna happen again? Am I gonna start spending money to make something happen? And, and in December, there's a second wave. I try to think along the lines that that's not gonna happen. We look at next year, we look at how things are going and, and we hope for the best. As far as the industry, I don't think without a vaccine or a level of comfort with herd immunity, that there's going to be no change except for a roller coaster of what ifs. And that's currently what I'm seeing. Um, right now, Vegas, it looks like it's wide open. Everybody's out. Everybody's socializing. I just came to New York yesterday on business. Everything's boarded up. People are wearing masks in their cars. There's not a restaurant open in sight. So the dichotomy is just bizarre. And I think our vision is only what we see on the media. So it's hard to really tell you what's going to happen. But right now, the biggest city in America, there's nothing going on. But when I'm back home in Vegas, it's like nothing happened. So I don't know. Yeah, you and everybody else, it seems like. I think there's a lot of uncertainty. And you know, hopefully we can just find a way to press ahead and innovate and change the things that we have to to get back functioning as best we can under whatever our new circumstances are going to be and be ready to have those circumstances change sometimes at a moment's notice, it seems like. Yeah, and hopefully learn from this and, and, and guys like you and, and our legislature, we're, we're going to plan for the future. So when this does happen, we learn from our mistakes and we have an action plan to get us through this a little smoother and quicker and have stronger communication. I mean, that's, that's the best part. Right now it is opening up. It wasn't totally devastating and we can get through this. That's, that's the positive side of it all. Absolutely, that's Tim Hanberry. Tim is the owner of Back Bar USA and the president of the Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce in Nevada. Tim, you have anything else you wanna add before we wrap it up today? I just wanna say thank you very much, uh, especially everybody in Las Vegas and Nevada supporting all the small businesses that, that are out there, the restaurateurs, the hairdressers. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate you. Thank you very much for having me. This has been Across the Aisle with your host, Senator Ben Kiekefer. Stay up to date and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or sign up for the newsletter at benfornevada.com.